Hi all, it's great to be with you this evening. Imagine for a moment that we lived in a time of, in the time of Jesus, or rather imagine the other way round, that Jesus lived in our time. So imagine you've heard that Jesus was going to talk to a large crowd just outside of Leatherhead. More and more people on social media said they were going to go along. Jesus decided, because there were so many people, that he was going to talk from the top of Box Hill. So imagine you get there to hear what Jesus says firsthand, and wouldn't it be amazing to hear his words firsthand? You arrive and thousands are gathering. You get there and you ask people what Jesus was talking about. They tell you that he just finished talking about murder and anger. Wow, you think Jesus certainly doesn't hold back. And the words he said is what Jesus is what we looked at last week when Richard helped us look at that. Um, those words from Jesus last week. Then he speaks about adultery and divorce. And now as you get to the front, Jesus is talking about truth and promises. And you think, I have been let down so many times by people telling me one thing and doing another. I have come just in time to hear what Jesus got, has got to say about truth. Well, this is what it must have been like back there 2,000 years ago, just outside Nazareth on a hill, so that so many could have heard Jesus and the thousands upon thousands really did gather to hear these words from Jesus. And that is what we're going to look at today, truth and being truthful and all Jesus has to say about it. Well, truth is a rare commodity here in 2023, and it's so hard to know what is true and what is not. There are even comedy programmes about lying. Do you know this programme? Yes, that's right. It's Would I Lie to You, where just for comedic effect, the guests try and persuade the other team that some elaborate story actually happened. And they have to decide, is it a lie or true? I think it's really funny, especially the episodes with Bob Mortimer. But so much of our lives are actually about doing this. When we hear something on the news or in social media or from a friend, we need to judge whether it's true or not. So as I was thinking about tonight's passage, I remembered that Rob, my now 29-year-old, did his final year dissertation at University on Lying. He started his dissertation with these words. Lying is a prominent part of life and has been for thousands of years. People lie and are lied too. These lies may be on a personal level, lying to a friend perhaps, but also on a much broader scale, the lies of the state to, the, to its people, for example. Research agrees with Rob's words. Researchers show that on average, every day, we are lied to by someone else between 10 and 200 different ways. But we're not just the victim here, we also lie. The same researchers found that on average, we too lie once or twice every day. Lies are all around us. Just this week, we saw maybe one of modern times most controversial politicians being charged with lying. These are some of the words of the accusations that former President Donald Trump faces. 
Despite having lost, the defendant was determined to remain in power. So for more than two months following election day on November the 3rd, 2020, the defendants spread lies that they were, there had been a fraud in the election and that he had actually won. On top of that, with technology, technological advancements, it's getting easier for people to create lies more easily and also in a more convincing way. The Russian authorities put together a really convincing, completely fake video of the president of Ukraine supposedly telling his people to surrender. Closer to home on the internet, it's also getting harder to know what we can trust on websites and what we can't. This week, the BBC had a really scary story about more and more sophisticated, supposed positive reviews. Here, this review is completely fake, trying to reassure someone of the qualities of a health clinic. Although it can be really annoying when we, when we take a review of a film or a restaurant as truthful, believing a review over a health clinic that was fabricated could be really, really dangerous. One thing we need to make sure is that we don't just think that it's all about other people. We need to, to consider when do we lie and when are we tempted to lie and why? So let's see what Jesus has to say. Starting in Matthew chapter 5, verse 33, Jesus says, Again you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, Do not break your oath, but fulfil to the Lord the vows you have made. Basically, Jesus is saying here that if you're going to make a promise, then first of all, you should fulfil it, meaning you should keep it. If you say you're going to do something, then Jesus says do it. There is no point in making a promise if you don't keep it. In the Old Testament, in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 5, it says, It is better not to make a vow than to make one and not fulfil it. I think this should be pretty obvious to most of us. It's what we would want from our friends. If they say they're going to do something, then we expect them to do it. And surely we should be the same. So it should be no surprise that this is where Jesus starts. Our word should be our word. Jesus goes on in verse 35. But I tell you, do not swear an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by, what you're, by your head, for you cannot even change one hair white or black. Now what Jesus is saying is, what you know, what is he saying? Well, I think it's actually not till the last verse of our paragraph that is to come that these words make sense. So let's look at those and then come back to these. Jesus finishes this section by saying, all you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. This is the key verse of the whole passage. What Jesus is saying is that if we keep our word and do not break it, then that's all we need. If our yes genuinely means yes, and our no genuinely means no, if we know in our hearts 
that we have told the truth, then anything else is useless and unnecessary. When we talk together, we should be able to tr simply trust that the other people is saying, telling the truth. Our yes should be yes and our no should be no. You know, the way that some people highlight what they're going to say by, by prefacing what they're going to say by saying, I'm not going to lie to you. I think this is such a strange way of talking. In normal life, I shouldn't even suspect that what you're going to say is a lie unless you say this phrase first to make it somehow more true. It's a bit like your two sentences having different standards of truth. If you say, I'm not going to lie to you, then should I definitely believe you? Somehow more so than if you didn't say, I'm not going to lie to you. If you don't say I'm not going to lie to you, then hmm, maybe it's true, maybe it's not. Much more likely to not be true. What Jesus is saying, if you follow me, then people should know that what you say all the time is truthful. That what we say is always truthful. We don't have to say I'm not going to lie to you or swear by anything at all. Certainly not swearing by God. In a way, we should be committed to what Jesus says here. Our words should be truthful and reliable already. There should be no need for any swearing or making oaths. One question that this rises is what should Christians do when they're asked to make a vow of truth in courts before giving evidence? Well, in court, a witness is asked if they would like to place their hand on their holy book. They are not forced. Usually the holy book would be the Bible for Christians or the Torah for Jews or the Quran for Muslims. For someone of no faith, they don't have to place their book on it, their hand on any book. And then all witnesses must say these words. I do solemnly and truthfully declare and affirm that the evidence I shall give shall be the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Maybe actually this should be our vow anyway, that we will, as Jesus asks us to, be truthful always, whether in court or not. So in my view, this shouldn't be an issue for Christians to swear or not, but really it should be unnecessary because what, we're, what we always say is the truth. That's what we do as Christians, tell the truth. Therefore, if it, courts the if it means the court can be happy, then it's okay to swear on the Bible. Another question to consider is that sometimes raw truth can be really painful. So should this stop us telling the truth? Well, Jesus' good news throughout the Bible needs to be taken as a whole. Jesus said we all should love each other. Truth and love should go together. As you tell people the truth, we should do it with love and gentleness. So, okay, if we are all set now to be determined to go from this place, determined to tell the truth, then I think there are three different situations that I want us to consider as I close. Each of these three considering who we're going to tell the truth with or to. The first of the three is other people us being truthful with others. And that is what we've mostly been considering so far this evening, being truthful with our friends, our fellow students, 
our work colleagues, our families. As we've already seen, we need to be trustworthy. That means that people can trust our word and people over time know that our word is true and that our yes is yes and our no is no. What we say can be trusted, but also that we, in speaking truth, we also speak love, speaking kindly our truth, and also in that love being prepared to be put right if we are genuinely wrong ourselves in what we think is the truth. We need to be humble with the truth we believe. One of my best friends is called Martin, and he's known me for 40 odd years. And I know that he knows me so well, and he's, but he so makes fun of me. But I know that he so likes me. In fact, he loves me. And I know that I can be so honest with him and he can be so honest with me. The second situation is when we tell the truth to God. One of the most startling facts about Christianity that is fundamental is that God loves us. And even more startling is that God loves us, even though he knows absolutely everything about us. There is nothing he doesn't know about us, and yet he still loves us. I find that amazing and just goes to show his amazing heart. God loves us exactly how we are. Of course, he longs for us to allow him to work on the rubbish bits about us. He longs for us to sit down with him and just be honest with him. So why do we pray like he does not know us and know what we struggle with? And why do we pray like he doesn't know us and he knows but and doesn't know what we go through every minute of every single day? He is the perfect person to talk to about everything and anything that is troubling us, worrying us, tempting us. In our prayers, let's recognise, at least to him, what we're really like and open up to our loving Heavenly Father. And this leads to the third situation, telling the truth to ourselves. This can be really hard and it can take a long time to get to know ourselves and be honest about who we really are with ourselves. Can we be honest with ourselves? by acknowledging to ourselves consciously what we are like, what we find hard, what tempts us, what's annoying us, what we get up to when no one is looking. Being honest with ourselves can be really tough. Being honest with ourselves is so helpful by us being honest with others and certainly honest with God. By working with us, our Heavenly Father and good friends, we can start to understand what makes us tick, how God has made us. Being truthful about ourselves with ourselves, with God and with others we trust. God works in us and through us to show us who we are and that we are so loved by him. And then he also then invites us to share this love and truth with others. He invites us to share in showing his love to others. This has always been God's plan. That we can be his truthfully and in all truth and share this truth with all others that we're fortunate enough to spend our week with. Amen.